Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Lunt. I'm your other host, Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing today, Jake? Pretty all right. Pretty all right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be better once we start uh, getting into this booze here. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you feeling, by the way? You you had a big celebration over the weekend. I did. I did. It was fun. I feel fully recovered. I'm ready to drink some more. So. Post-birthday drinking. That's right. Perfect. So, what are we drinking today, Jake? Today we are drinking a Fruit Punch Fantasy Factory. And that is from our good neighbors up the way at Carbon 4 Brewing in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, this one is going to be pretty hoppy. Pretty so hoppy. hold on to your tongue. Yes, they are known for their um, hoppy beers. Um, you know, not exactly the biggest IPA fan. I do, however, enjoy Carbon 4 Brewing. So Yeah, let's put that disclaimer out there. No matter how we end up feeling about this beer, and I have an idea of how we'll end up feeling about it, please know we love you, Carbon 4. Yes, love Carbon 4 as a whole. Uh, Just not a... Not an IPA fan. That's just not my style. So jam. It's it's if if I rank this beer poorly, it's not because I dislike the brewery. <laughs> so before we uh, before we go ahead and gulp it down, it's IPA, but it's got some mango, pineapple, and blackberry. So a little fruity. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the combination of flavors. It sounds good. Uh, all right. It looks good. Nice color. Yeah, it's pretty. Looks like the normal Fantasy Factory. That's deep and orange. It's like uh, it's like tussin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a like a honey tussin. All right, bottoms up. I get a little bit of a berry, fruit punchish smell to it. Yeah, it smells like fruit. Yeah. All right. All right. Bottoms let's up. Do it. Yeah. There's those hops. Yep, it's in there. It's bitter. There they are. It's bitter. Right at your face. I'm trying not to give the bitter beer face. <laughs> it's kind of um, hard because it? it is bitter. But um, but it's not bad. I mean, I, I won't say it's my favorite beer of all time, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's not bad. Not bad for the style. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm sure know. someone that has a more refined palate as myself, uh, <laughs> you know, would really enjoy this beer. Well, you know what? I have a more refined palate than yourself, and I don't enjoy this beer. Don't argue. Okay. Don't argue with me. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't taste the fruit. I was excited about the fruit. It's you know, because it's all the it's because the the bitterness is burning your uh, taste buds off. You can't yeah. can't taste it. Ah. All right. Well, so. again, we still love you, Carbon Four. We really do. But this is you know it's it's good to try new. It's things. good to step out of our uh, comfort zone. Yeah. As they say. Yeah, absolutely. We did that. We did. We did that. So good for us. All right. So before we get into our uh, drunk trade of the week. Ooh. Um, We will be discussing kind of some roster building strategies, do's and don'ts, mainly dynasty focus. Yes. You know, some of this does apply for a redraft as well. So that's going to be kind of the bulk of our episode today. Uh, But Jake, why don't you uh, give us our trunk? Trunk? Am I drunk now? Maybe. Our trunk trade? Our drunk trade of the week. (laughs) Perfect. I'm happy to do what you just said. So this one is coming at us on Twitter from at Joel Lucky. 
And once again, if you have a trade that you have made or somebody that you know has made uh, during a drunken stupor, please send those our way. We love these. We love them. So this one, he says, traded James Conner, who he had gotten in the round 20 of his Dynasty startup, traded him for a second round pick. Uh, I'm assuming that's rookie draft pick. He did this just three or four days before Le'Veon Bell started his whole no-show shenanigans. Um, and here is the really bummer part of it. it hits he, you right in the taint. It hits you in the taint pretty hard. He lost the championship by point one point. Oh, that stings. I'm only assuming that having the RB6 on your roster at that point might have helped. It might have, a little bit. Um, that's... That's, that's that hurts. That hurts. I don't like it. Uh, I don't know again how drunk he was when he made this. Right. Not as much context given with this one. I think it's fair to assume, uh, maybe you know eight eight nine deep, or he just really thought that Le'Veon Bell was not going to be a dick. I, I think a lot of people did. I was in that camp. I thought Bell yeah. would show up. I really thought he would just sit out like he did the year before, all through training camp. Show up right before uh, the regular season started and, and make his money on the franchise tag, but that obviously did not happen. And so I don't necessarily think, you know, it was a bad trade. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's a not a good trade now, especially in light of losing the championship by such a slim margin. Well, here's the thing that I do wonder. I don't know when his championship week was. There was some times towards the end of the year where James Conner missed. Maybe for this gentleman, that was, I don't know, if it was week 17, then who knows? Well, he should join a different league because week 17 championships <laughs> are bullshit. They're pretty dumb. <laughs> so. Um, so I would say, you know, if I had to rate this, really, it's 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 bad. It's not great. It's bad. I mean, the end so result was bad. Exactly. Exactly. So you can't be too down on it. No. Uh, I yeah. give it I give it a three on the uh, Jägermeister shots Ooh, scale. That's nice. That's nice. It's bad, I, but it's not terrible. Sure. I rate this a 9.5 out of 112. Nice. So, again, not bad. So, not for bad. a total of 69. Hey! 69 Jäger shots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It averages out. I don't know, man. All right. Moving on. All right. Let's get into the meat of this. Again, we want to talk some roster building strategies for everybody. A little bit of a dynasty focus. Again, some commonality between different league types, but it's the off season. We're all dynastying right now. We are, and you know, as of recording this podcast, you know, we're T minus, you know, three days away from the NFL draft actually happening. And oh, yeah. you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I am some sort of uh, rookie film guy. So um, while everyone else is talking about that, we're going to pivot, pivot, and talk some other strategies. Yeah, so, that's right. hence the episode today. <laughs> Go get your rookie fix elsewhere. That's right. But please come back and listen to us. Yes, please do. Can I just say, this beer is actually getting a little bit better the more that I drink it. I think it was too, you know, it's too much fizz. The fizz with the hop up front, that's what gets you. Once it dulls it's down It's opening bit, up now? Yeah. The bouquet is opening? It's blooming. Nice. Um, all right. Well, why don't you kick us off with uh, some draft tips okay. then for Dynasty? You know, what I like to do for um, drafting, and this goes for redraft, dynasty, um, it doesn't matter the format, really. Mm -hmm. um, I like to kind of do my own research, 
obviously, um, as I've alluded to, you know, I do up my own projections. Um, I will say my own projections are not necessarily my rankings. Um, Two separate things in my mind. And why is that for you? Um, the projections are, are what I feel like are going to be kind of their, their ceiling or what I, I feel like this, the season's going to, uh, how the season's going to unfold, assuming, you know, everything works out as planned, no injuries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, where rankings are more, you know, based on, on value, you know, for the position. So they're not necessarily one in the same. A lot of the times, you know, a lot of coinciding there, but. You know, that's how I do it. But just because you have yes. a guy ranked at RB10 does not mean necessarily that that's where you would draft him. Correct. Fair? Okay. Correct. Perfect. So I, I like to do my own research. I like to have my own opinion on, on players, you know, whether it's stats or if you're a film guy and you like to look at film or watch game tape, you know, um, you know, do your own research. Uh, I think that's really important. Just don't go by what, you know, all of us talking heads out here have to say. Part of that you know, you can use that as part of your, your draft strategy and getting ready for the draft and as Jumping part of your research, point, maybe. but don't use use it as the whole thing. Um, you know, we're a piece of the pie. We are. We we're are not the whole shebang. Yeah, that's fair. And yes, I'm glad that you lump us in with that. Don't even yeah. don't even just listen to what we say. I mean, listen to what we say. Please listen to what we say. But don't only listen to what we say. We're just not we're not that good. Nobody is. That's the thing. Nobody is going to be That's that right. And kind of along with that, I also, um, I prefer using a tier-based approach as opposed to just straight rankings. Uh, for those of you that don't know, using tiers is lumping guys together that are very similarly ranked. So it would be, for instance, say like Saquon, Zeke, Kamara, etc. They That would be one tier of, of players. And I'm not saying this is my tiers. I'm just using that as an example. Then, like, the next tier would be, you know, like, Mixon, um, Gordon, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of have sure. them lumped together so that oh, when groups. you're – Yeah, so that when you're in the draft, you have these guys all kind of lumped together in their tiers. If one of those players gets taken right before you, you'd be like, okay, these guys were all ranked pretty much the same. I can take one of them feeling like their production is going to be very similar. So I like using that approach when I'm drafting – it just kind of takes some of that guesswork where, like I said, if someone snipes you the pick right before you, you're not sitting there be like, uh, who am I going to pick now? But you already should I have a general idea. Well, that's what I do during drafts, Dustin. I, I just stare at my computer and I go, are you, are you saying that my process is wrong? Is that what I'm no, understanding? No, no, I'm not saying it's wrong. Okay. I'm just okay. saying this is my process and this, I feel like this is a, a, a good process to have. No, it really is. Um, it's it's otherwise you're too rigid. You're boxing yourself mm-hmm. into a corner if you go follow ranking, ranking, ranking. It's just tougher. It it's is tougher to be flexible that way. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I I have something that's pretty specific to rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. We're talking dynasty. Hopefully, coming up for you. Hopefully, you have not already had your rookie draft because again. There are certain ways that you do fantasy football, and I just do not do fantasy football with a rookie draft before the NFL draft. It boggles my mind. I don't it, like it. it adds another layer to it, which goes back to doing your own research. Yeah, it's adding a different layer to it, but that's like taking a perfectly good cake and then adding a layer of dirt. That's not that's not adding a better layer. It's just adding a layer. It is adding a layer. So if you haven't had your rookie draft... Um, 
there's a certain way that people have a tendency going into rookie rookie drafts where you get a few names here and there, especially for guys like us who are not, let's say, film analysts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to say it. I'm not great with analyzing rookies when they come in. Um, do my best. Do what I can. But a lot of times you're tempted to just look at the most repeated names mm-hmm. coming out through the offseason. And you hear Josh Jacobs over and over and over again. I'll give you a good example from my uh, rookie draft last season. Yeah. Ronald Jones. Ah. And that's who I drafted in the first round with the 106 pick. I think my prostate just fell out of my butt. Don't worry, folks. It ended up well. I traded him away in the offseason, uh, packaged him together. Um, to get him off my team. So that's how you do uh, that. It, it worked well in the long run, but that just shows you don't go by, you know, necessarily the most recent ADP for, for rookies or, you know, or, or who, who's the most talked about, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta do a little research. Exactly. And so don't look at the name. It's fine to look at the name within mm-hmm. context. Okay. That's fine. But you, you should be looking at situation. Okay. So not everybody's Saquon Barkley. Not everybody can go to a team, no matter what team, and be awesome. Exactly. It's just not going to happen. You have to let the overall situation of the team override whatever you thought about that person before they got drafted. Yes. Unless, like you said, with the Saquons of the world, where oh, sure. or the Zeeks, where the talent is just so good. So good. Um, but yeah, otherwise, just 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 be aware. Mm-hmm. Be aware of what they're, they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. In rookie drafts, how I like to um, attack them now that I've you know had a little bit of experience have, based off of my experiences from last year. Yeah. Um, one thing that I I'm going to start doing and and moving forward, I feel like this is the best way to do it for me personally. I'm not saying it is the best way. No, you say it. Plant your flag. Be bold, Dustin. I can't. Okay. Um, but in rookie drafts, I think drafting the best player available or the highest rated on your board. Um, regardless of your perceived need on your team is is the way to do it. Because you can never have too much talent on your team, for one. Mm-hmm. And two... Just ask Russell Wilson. That's He's right. He's full of talent. $140 million dollars worth of talent. Um, but you can always <laughs> trade later in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the entire offseason. You know, there's going to be someone that likes that player that you basically sniped from someone else. So you can always trade that package it up for a deal later in the off season, especially once the training camp hype starts, you know, get that hype train rolling and, and these rookies, Oh, he looks phenomenal in camp and you know, someone's going to want him and you can trade it away for a position of need later. So I think, you know, drafting your best player available, unless, you know, you're right there and you know, the value is close to the same. You're not reaching, you know, don't, don't reach for the stars, grab something that's, (laughs) you know, within the realm of possibilities. Listen to that, children. Don't reach for the stars. That's right. Be more realistic. You can't go to space, but you could clean up bathrooms. That's what you're telling people right now, Dustin. I don't think that's what you meant at all. That's not what I meant at all. I really do. um, I do like that. And it's because I do think, and it's too early when you're doing these rookie drafts, oftentimes, to Mm -hmm. even do you have so much time between when that draft happens and when you play your first game. Mm-hmm. So much time to make moves. People who lock themselves into drafting from need are often cutting themselves off at the leg because you're just missing out on value. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love it. Um, speaking of value, 
one one thing about the draft that always bugs me is people don't seem to value draft picks the same way before the draft and then while the draft is happening. Mm -hmm. It's such a big swing. And I get it, and I understand why it happens, because we love drafts. We love drafting. Oh, it's so fun. It's one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) And so you're on the clock. If your league is on the clock, stuff is happening. Yeah, you want to be active. You want to be making moves. But... That same, let's say you have the 104 pick in your rookie draft. Two months before your league's draft happens, if you try and sell that pick at a reasonable price, you might get what you want in return. Mm -hmm. If you wait until the league is drafting to sell that same pick, nine times out of ten, you're going to see a big bump in that value. Absolutely. And it's just because people want to be doing they something. They get excited about their guy. They want their guy. For Oh, for sure. You know, so it's... Especially if you find yourself in a league full mm-hmm. of uh, quote-unquote draft gurus. Mm-hmm. Who just They know the guy so mm-hmm. well that they know exactly who they need to take where. You can often just take advantage of those guys once the draft is happening and get your, your premium. For mm-hmm. your pick. So I like to hold on to my picks for as long as I can. Now, if I'm offered a trade in the offseason and, and it's just great, then yeah, I'll give up those picks. Mm-hmm. No problem. I don't overvalue picks because A, I don't trust myself enough to value those <laughs> picks like other people do. But also, yes, I know that that's going to raise eventually once the draft actually hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no issues trading picks away. You can always get them back later you know you can always trade some assets or you can trade future picks for current year picks i mean there's a myriad of ways to get those picks back for the current year's draft if there's someone you really want to go after it's true so i have no issues no issues trading away picks yeah i know who i am that's right all right well we've talked a little bit about the draft tips we don't want to labor on this too much because honestly if and when we talk redraft, I think we need to delve into this. This could be its whole own episode. Mm-hmm. But we're talking dynasty. You don't win your dynasty league in the draft. No. That's not how that happens. No, you set the foundation for success. That's right. And then you do carpentry to build to a thing later. I don't know woodworking. I don't know home building. Obviously. I know rosters. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to leave the analogy by the wayside. Um, let's talk trades. Trades mm-hmm. are where you win in your dynasty. Absolutely. And trades, let's be honest, trades are almost as fun as the draft. God, some part of me thinks it's more fun. It sometimes. is. Like, just getting involved with trades, throwing them out there, it's having the whole conversation with your league mates. Like, it's just, uh, there's something about that just gets your juices flowing. I love it. Uh, don't say juices. This is a family podcast, Dustin. I'll do what I want. <laughs> but speaking about trades, I'm going to go, if you don't mind, I just want to jump off. I got, I got, oh, by energy. all means, my juices is a flowing right now. I want to, by all means. This. Okay. Um, there is a tendency to, like I said, about overvaluing rookie picks. Mm-hmm. People also tend to overvalue youth as a general concept in mm-hmm. dynasty. Absolutely. What I mean by that is if you have two wide receivers, who finished the year previous with identical production, and it looks like they have an identical skill set. If you have a guy who's 23 years old, 
he is going to be valued at about 19 times the guy who was 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Right? Because everybody wants to get all of the value. Because let's be do. honest, we're all ageists. We are ageists. I'm no better. I mean, I'm slightly better, I think, because I'm talking about this, but just barely. But people think, well, the 23-year-old, I'm going to get, you know, seven, eight, nine years of production mm-hmm. out of him. The guy who's 27, whatever, I'm going to get maybe three, four years. So much changes in the actual NFL from year to year. Mm-hmm. People who play the game of Dynasty eight, nine, ten years out, my opinion, are just looking too deep. You're you're putting too much effort and work on yourself. Play it on a shorter term. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the 23-year-old is going to have happen. He, mm-hmm. By the time his rookie contract is done, he could be onto a team that is a, compl- a complete calamity. Mm-hmm. Okay? A or could have had, had a season-ending or career-ending injury. Sure. And you I, know, mean, I mean, those are impossible to predict, Absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. But it can happen. Or flash in the pan, has one great season, and then does nothing else after that. I mean, how many times has that happened? Uh, I don't think ever, right? That's so. never happened in the NFL. No, but absolutely. And, you know, instead of the guy who's 27 has now five years of proven production, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting. Well, now you have that 23-year-old. Yes, exactly. Like you said, he has one good season, maybe two good seasons. Mm-hmm. He came in early. You can't necessarily bank on him being the consistent guy. There's just this thing where youth wins out always, it seems like, over everything else. And you can get veterans on your team that will mm-hmm. help you. Absolutely. And then when they're done, they're done, and that's fine. You can move on from them. Nobody's saying you have to ride with 40-year-old Frank Gore. You don't have to, but a few years ago, Frank Gore was still putting up valuable dynasty numbers. He was for you. putting up decent dynasty numbers last year. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was a he was a good flex, you know, bi week fill in for you. Exactly. Now I know some people are going to hear this and they're going to say, "Oh, listen to this dumb fuck saying that you should go draft, you should go trade for Frank Gore right now." And you know, that's not what we're saying. Juan Barkley. That's not at all what I'm saying. But just don't place so much of an emphasis on youth that it clouds everything else. Yes, I agree. 100%. Woo! All right. You know, the first thing I want to talk about here with trade tips, and it sounds like an obvious thing that doesn't need to be said. Say it. But it definitely needs to be said. You need to build relationships with your league mates. Have conversations with them. Get in the league chat. Uh, you know, it makes trading easier in the long run that you that you can say you have some sort of relationship with. Whether or not you do a face-to-face, you know, live draft or you're in a league with people spread all over that you've never met, doesn't matter. You know, have those conversations, chat with them. You know, it just makes things easier. You know, and, and kind of along with that, um, you know, making sometimes making those small trades is a good thing where it's you know giving up you know a bottom of the roster kind of guy for like a fourth round pick or you know something like that making small trades that that'll be beneficial in the long run because you get that rapport exactly exactly it can help make those blockbuster trades happen later on 
they say here's a guy who's you know he's not always trying to get the biggest baddest mm-hmm. deal mm-hmm. you know he's willing to just work back and forth exactly that can do wonders yes. for sure I like it yes you sh- and also you're in the league with these guys you're supposed to be having fucking fun Mm-hmm. I don't know what's fun necessarily about trading with blank faces, you know, and just non-personalities over there. I like to get to know the people that mm-hmm. I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Ask some damn questions, you barbarians. Mm-hmm. No, I, I 100% agree with that. I think it makes it easier for everybody and just more fun. We're going to talk about fun a lot today. God damn it, because that's why we play this game. It is. Um... You know what I think is fun? Uh, is I do this little thing now in in Dynasty Trades. And I like to I like to make a lot of trades. Cause like you said, it's just fun. Yeah. Um, and especially like if say that my dynasty team happens to be a team that I took over from somebody else, mm-hmm. that it was an orphan team, and it's a roster that I, I plainly hate. It's just garbage. It's just mostly garbage. That's, I mean, the most fun of all for me is taking a team that is just a trash heap and then shining it up really nice until it's, you know, respectable. Not going to say a diamond, but respectable. But no matter, even if that's not the case for you, even if you like your team, but you would think it could be a little better, my big suggestion for you with doing trades is to always tack just a tiny bit more onto it coming back your way than what you Mm -hmm. think you can get. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's say it's player A and player B, okay? And then player B is just not quite good enough, and so and so you ask for a third-round pick to kind of even it out, mm-hmm. okay? And then from your perspective, player A is even with player B in that third-round pick. Well, why not make it a third-round and a fourth-round pick, okay? Mm-hmm. A fourth-round pick does not seem like anything to most folks playing Dynasty. They're almost kind of throwaways. Again, unless you're kind of that draft guru type mm-hmm. who thinks that every pick is very valuable and you can make every pick hit. But most people, and again, especially early on before uh, the draft is really approaching, mm-hmm. will throw those things around like nothing. And that's great for you because every trade that you offer should be trying to get a fourth-round pick back from them. And again, it's not going to add up right away, a fourth-round pick for you this year, even next year, the year mm-hmm. after that, whatever. Does it, it's not a lot right now, but if you do that with every trade, it's like the it's like the take a penny, leave a penny tray at the gas station, right? If you walk in one day and you're like, yeah, I could use a penny. Nobody thinks that. Nobody can actually mm-hmm. use a penny on that day. If you did that every single day of your life, I don't know, you probably have like $12. You could buy so many sodas with that. <laughs> Think of players as sodas. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. No, but really, those fourth round picks can add up or if your league does fab, where mm-hmm. you can trade your um, free agency spending money, throw on a few fab bucks. Yeah. Just see if they'll do it. And if they don't, no hard feelings, then whatever. Take it away, and right. you're fine with right. your original draft mm-hmm. or with your original trade. But always try for that little extra. Mm-hmm. Along with that, you know what? You don't have to win every single trade. Like, trying to get that little extra is fine, mm-hmm. but don't, like, try to screw over the other other you know your league mates that's just that's just not fun it doesn't make the league you know overly competitive people won't want to trade with you if you're always just throwing trash out there and trying to trying to ask for so much back you know that's just 
don't be ridiculous. Trying, I want trying Devontae to... Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, and I'll give you half of my sandwich. Exactly. You know, trying to get that little bit extra, no problem with that. But don't try to just take advantage of your league mates. I mean, nine times out of ten, they're not that dumb, and you're just <laughs> going to look like an asshole. So, <laughs> you know, you, you just... It's okay to try to get a little win, but don't go for that big win because most of the time, like I said, it's just not going to happen. That, I think that's valuable too. Like not even the person you're trading with is going to think that you're an asshole, mm-hmm. but the people who see that trade go down are going to be like, oh, he's that guy. Exactly. And, and nobody wants to be You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> no. I love, yeah. Just be cool, mm-hmm. man. Just be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like trying to obviously use you can leverage value and that's not making you know somebody lose a trade necessarily right people have different values of of players absolutely okay and you both might walk away from a trade thinking that you won that trade which is the best case scenario i mean let's be honest almost always isn't it kind of the opposite where both Mm -hmm. of you feel like you lost the trade a little bit Mm -hmm. i think like there's a lot of second guessing going on at least for myself when that happens you're like oh i felt so confident in the moment now I feel like I got bent over. Um, but speaking of discounts, it's easy sometimes for players who did not perform well. Dustin's pouring his beer in front of the microphone, hoping that it'll make a lasting impact on the audio. I do. I hope it did. Um, but look at rookie second-year players. So look at people who were drafted the year before. Look at how they finish. Look at your Rashad Pennies. Look at your Ronald Joneses. I mean, not for too long, because that's queasy for anybody. But these people who didn't perform up to their draft capital the first year, Mm -hmm. there is a tendency in some owners' minds, not everybody, to want to get out of that investment immediately. Or even not just second year, but even like third year players, you know, because it does take a few years for most players to to start to perform. You know, so someone for me would be like Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like Hunter Henry. You know, they haven't mm-hmm. played. They've been in the league for a couple years now. Yeah. You know, they haven't done a whole lot. What about Devontae Parker? Nobody That's wants like Devontae eight. Parker. we <laughs> <laughs> holding out for him. You know, so, I mean, just just look at those those younger players that, you know, have underperformed based on their draft capital. And then look, again, look, don't get so entranced by the name. People mm-hmm. see Corey Davis. Well, yes, everybody talks about how bad Corey Davis has been. And maybe that's fair. That could t- completely be fair. That could pan out that he is just not long for the I am, NFL. I am not a truther, personally. Sure. But I'm just using that as an example because he has soured in a lot of people's minds right now. Absolutely. But there are a lot of people that still are big believers. So, True. you know, it's it, it, it depends on who owns them. Definitely. But you should investigate that. And, hey, that comes back to building those relationships. Mm-hmm. And these little talks with these people, you can mm-hmm. figure out who they're higher on and they're lower exactly. on. Exactly. But you don't have to do it in that douchey way of trying to send out, you know, a trade. What do you think about this player for my sec? You can do this more organically, dare I say. Mm-hmm. But you can get those discounts. Um, you just have to look at the situation. Has their situation improved from last year? Maybe people, again, are just attaching that name and they soured on them last year and or the year before. And now they're just kind of done and wanting to move on. And sometimes it's just that grass is greener mentality. Mm-hmm. I want the freshness. Okay. Right. Well, you can come in and exploit that. You can get those discounts mm-hmm. and not look like a dick. Exactly. Win, win. Exactly. So two more trade tips, really quick. Yeah. Um, that I like. That I like to use. Um, 
first, and again, this sounds like a no-brainer. Baby talk? Are we doing baby talk? Look at the roster of the person you're trying to get a trade done with. Send them something they can use. (laughs) Don't send them, you know, another tight end if they've got four tight ends on their team and, like, George Kittle's one of them. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Send them something they can actually use. Because, again, you want to walk away both feeling like you got good value out of this. Mm -hmm. So so look at their roster. You know, it'll make them more likely to want to get the trade done if it's getting a piece that maybe they could use. Right, it's like sending snowshoes to somebody who lives in Arizona. Exactly. I think you wouldn't do that. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, use a little common sense. And then the last thing that I personally have done multiple times, and I have no issues doing it, uh, trading your rookie picks for proven assets. God, yes. You know, and, and again, kind of getting back to those, maybe they're a little bit older players. They've been in the league for a while. You know, they've, they've proven themselves as solid contributors, you know. Trade a second away for him, or like a you know, if you're in the late first, you know, add another piece that can be like a good third, fourth, fifth wide receiver on your team. Trade them away because you know they're going to have value for the next five years. You can always get that player that maybe what you were looking at selecting with that pick. You can always trade for them a couple years down the road and get them on your roster. Right when they underperform. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, it's full circle. Uh, it's all coming full circle. But you're right, and I've heard a lot of things to the contrary of that where people say, you know, picks are so much more valuable because of blah, 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 blah. And that's only true to an extent, right? Mm -hmm. You can keep kicking the can down the road, so to speak. You know, you're trading away your guys for future first and that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that that can't work. It certainly can work. But if you know that this player over here has a proven track record Mm -hmm. of being able to perform in the NFL – Versus this incoming guy with a lot of question marks, and again, I know you wanna you wanna draft because it's so fun, but you could probably get a lot better value. Exactly, or as you said earlier, you know, get that proven player plus maybe like a fourth round pick. Mm. You know, it it's get that little extra thrown in. God, yeah. I love when we're on the same page. I know. <laughs> I know. Um. Well, let's 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 move out of the trade round for a little bit. Let's just tack on a few. I don't want to say tack on. That sounded tacky. Let's 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 really think and expound on some other tips here for people to sink their teeth into. And not really tips, but more of just general. Just the tips. Just the tips. Okay. The general general knowledge. Yes. Let's call it. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. We do this as a hobby. There's it's that fun. Word again. You know, unless you're in some sort of high stakes league, it's supposed to be fun. Like, if you win, it's great. If you lose, it's not like you're, you know, losing your house or anything, God forbid. No, but you I know. will act like I have for at least a month. Oh, after. absolutely. But it's supposed to be fun. If you like a guy, go get him. Trade for him. If you feel like you're getting good value and you really like that player, that's all that matters. If other players, you know, uh, league members, you put throw a poll out on Twitter, they'll bash it, you know, as long as it's not collusion. If if you feel like you're getting good value for a player, go get them. Pay what you want, you know. That's all that matters. You want to have guys that you're rooting for on your team. You know, that's all it is. Just have fun with it. Absolutely. You can nitpick a lot and you can do and it's not like we're advising you not to do research and and find the Correct. best value and that's absolutely. That's all part of it. 
But like you said, there's I want this player. I like this player. Mm-hmm. I like his future. Maybe I just like watching him. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to watch him on game day and have him on my team. You do what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you can trust trade calculators and you like you said Twitter polls and expert consensus and all this to a certain extent. But it's your team. Mm-hmm. It's not their team. So in that vein, also if you want to be a homer, god damn it, you be a homer. Absolutely. And you own it. Absolutely. If, if you want a roster full of Oakland Raiders, uh, do it, I guess. You know, personally, I would love to have Devontae Adams on my team. Because I'm already okay. rooting for the Packers That's on game fair. day. and <laughs> That's not fair. He's amazing for anybody's team. True. But he's already for, you know playing for a team that I root for every single week. Mm-hmm. Like it'd make it just that much better when he's playing well and he's on my dynasty team helping my dynasty team. For sure. You know, it's I would love it. Yes. And and so just you know what, Dustin? You go do it. You go get Devontae Adams. Next week when we reconvene, I want to hear that you got Devontae Adams. We'll see. God, I really hope you do. I got I got tingles. Um the one thing that I do want to talk about before we close out here is we've talked a lot about the do's and what what we like to do mm-hmm. and what we think everybody should do, but those those goddamn don'ts are pretty prevalent mm-hmm. too. And I've been on the receiving end of some really bad trades and trade offers mm-hmm. in particular, and I've seen a lot of terrible um, strategy employed in dynasty leagues. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest pet peeve that you've seen from being in a dynasty league the biggest well i've got two of them so the first one is people who write this big giant thesis on why the trade is good for you like they're just like they're like a used car salesman trying to like talk up the trade and be like no this is gonna help you blah 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 and it's like you know you let me do my thinking. Exactly. Guy. <laughs> exactly. You know, a couple it. sentences like blah, blah, blah. This guy, you know, he was the number two running back last year. You know, average this many points. You know, that's fine. To yeah. Help the guy out. Yeah. But but writing 10 paragraphs is just phew, total turnoff for me. That's basically a reject just out of principle. Too long won't read. Yes. The other one is people that when you throw a trade out there, you just let it sit there and let the timer expire on it. You know, those people deserve anal warts. If if you don't like the trade, just reject it. Just don't sit there and just let it hang out there. That's just it makes it look like you're just an uninterested owner. Yeah, and nobody wants this to young, be that guy. It's these young kids. That's yeah. what it is. This, this young ghosting generation. That's what we're dealing with here. Think about this. You ever? What do you have ever walked up? Had somebody walk up to you at a high school dance, ask you to dance, and then just stared at him in the face for the next hour and a half? Probably not. That sounded like my high school experience. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of sensual in a way, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of a connection if they're staring at you in the face. But just have courtesy. Absolutely. common courtesy. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that used car salesman thing that you're alluding to there. I don't like it in practice. But there's these people, and you know who you are, and if you are doing this, so help me God, but they try to trade for one of your players. They send you the trade. You say, ah, nah, not feeling it for whatever reason. 
They then, speaking about diatribes, go on this big rant about why the tra- why the player that they're actually trying to get from you, mm-hmm. not that great. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I mean, he was injured a lot last year. Ah, did you see his yards per catch? Nothing to write home about. Well, they're probably going to draft somebody to, you know, fill in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Who even knows if he's going to be... Well, then why are you trying to fucking trade for the guy? Exactly. Don't, don't give me this shit. I know why you want him. It's the same reason that I got him. Don't try that used carsman jumble to get the price knocked down. Exactly. You know, it's just talk up your own guys mm-hmm. or your own side of the trade. Don't try and degrade mine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Goddamn barbarians. Got one more pet peeve. Came oh. to me just now as we're talking. Oh. I hate it, hate it when someone throws something out in your chat, you know, DMs you. What do you want for this guy? <laughs> it's like, if you're interested in this player, uh-huh. give me an offer. Okay, now I'm going to say something that's going to rile you up a lot. I can be that guy sometimes. And the only reason why is this. Now, let me let me shed my side of this. Mm-hmm. Is sometimes I feel like I'm sending too many trade offers in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm searching. Sometimes it's part of that me wanting to build the connection. Right. I'm I'm trying to get you trying to get you talking. Right. Now now if you only do that, and you're never the guy who actually sends a trade, or like you'll say that like, what do you want for him? My least favorite thing is they say that. And then they tell you, okay, we'll, we'll send a trade offer my way. Mm-hmm. Well, you asked the question, guy. So I get it. I get why you don't like it. But sometimes that's just a nice way to feel people out. Sometimes. But also you could approach it, you know, where you say, would you be interested in trading player X? So it's the wording you're, yes. you're yeah. concerned with. Because then, then if they come back and be like, yeah, I'd be open to it. And then you could say, I would take, you know, this player return or these players or these picks, what have you, and, you know, start the conversation. But just say, what do you want for them? Well, Well, don't say it in that voice, obviously. What are you? God. (laughs) You know, are you trying to get a lowball offer? Like, are you serious about trying to trade for them? Or are you just being a dink and just being like, (laughs) well, how high is he really on or she on, you know? This player, like say it's Saquon. I don't know why I picked him. Because he's amazing and well, you want to think is. about him every night and day. Sure. You know, are you serious about acquiring him, or are you just, like I said, being a dink? <laughs> don't be a dink. Underused word, by the way, dink. I appreciate you bringing that back to the forefront. Mm-hmm. It's been missing for too long. It has. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Any other strategies, general tips that you want to give these folks? Nothing else that comes to mind right now, Jake. Good. Well, if it does, you fire this up and then you send out a second episode that is tacked on to this first episode. Bonus. Bonus episode. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I think that'll wrap it up for this week. You can find me at FFDustyDog on Twitter. And you can find me at the accurately named at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. You can also find us on the interwebs. The World DrinkingAndTalkingFF.com. We'd love to hear uh, any questions you have. DM us. You know, go to the website, submit a mailbag question. Uh, we'd love to hear any questions. We'll answer them on, on the podcast 
or answer them on Twitter if you send us a message. You know, we're here for you. We're here to help you and have fun with uh, fantasy football. God, that's great. That sounded so good. Thank you. Any last parting words before we head out? I'm going to offer a slight apology to Carbon 4. This beer has run on me just a little bit. Same here. A little bit. Still a little bitter for me, but has gotten better. Okay. All right. Until next week, um, where we'll probably have some NFL draft reactions. We damn well better. Uh, Enjoy watching the draft. It's, you know, all we've got now until minicamp starts (laughs) in July. So enjoy this, uh, you know. NFL frenzy this weekend, and uh, we will see you next week. Cheers, FF. Peace out.